Now, Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome to a Thursday edition of the Two Guys and a Mike Show. Lots to talk about today. Baseball financial situation coming into uh, a little bit of the picture here with Albert Pools, Mark Burley, and a few others signing for multi-year, multi-million dollar contracts. Unfortunately, we'll talk about that. I say unfortunately because finances and baseball, is, finances and pro sports is not always our favorite thing to talk about. But it's right out there for you. We're one day away from a big football Friday, and uh, there is one college football game, by the way. I thought it was NFL only one college football game coming up this weekend, and it's one of Big Dog's favorite sporting events of the year. It is Army versus Navy. So we'll talk about that, kind of preview the football Friday a little bit. Get into some stories off the sports page. Big Dog and a coach at your soybeans right up until 11 o'clock. Another soon-to-be award-winning edition of the Two Guys at a Mic show will start in 4.5 seconds after this musical interlude. goodness what would we do without musical interludes speaking of uh, musical interludes let me welcome in my good part of the big dog joel redwanski who thankfully does not sing on this show by the way he does a lot of things a lot of bizarre a lot of crazy things over the 10 years we've had him on the show but singing is not one of them thank goodness big dog welcome to the program lots to talk about and um, how's your interlude my interlude was fine coach thank you and uh, you thank you, by the way, for not for not singing. Am I correct? I don't recall you singing in the ten years we've had you on the show. No, I don't. You do that a lot. I don't. I, I refuse to actually sing because I can't sing. The only thing that sounds any good when I sing it is "Happy Birthday, Mr. President" when I'm dressed up as Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> what? And 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 bear down, Chicago Bears, because every time you hear that song, you know something good just happened. Oh, that's so, right. I forgot about so that. I think about you it. have sang that a couple times, maybe or at least parts yeah. of it. Yes, Bear Down, Chicago Bears. I mean, I, I nail it, Coach. You'd actually think I was uh, uh, Michael Bubble. Yeah, well, if you know, if it came down to just that song, you probably, you know, could pass Michael Buffer. Unfortunately, it requires a little bit more than that, but nobody can oh, do no, a Bear no, Down. Not, not Michael Buffer, Michael Bubble. Oh, Michael Bubble. Yeah. Who's that? I don't know. He's some like some new hot singer that's out nowadays. Oh, okay. I thought we were going with Michael Buffer. Are you ready to rumble? Oh, yes. I can't say that. That's trademark. He can sue me for just even. He can sue you for saying that, Coach. Uh, you know that on air? Yes, he can. Let him sue. You cannot say that over any type of That's media right. outlet. Let him sue. It might be good for ratings. David Olson, uh, you, who is Michael Bobbitt? It's pronounced Bublé. 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 Oh, ah. oh, it's Bublé. I'm sorry. That's I how just... good a guy is, Coach. You don't even say his name the way he spelled. I love a little Bublé. With a nice steak and a glass of red wine, some green beans on the side, a little bouvelé, you got a wonderful dinner. You'd actually, I actually think you'd like Michael Bouvelé quite a bit, Coach. Really? He's a throwback to the crooners like Frank Sinatra and Bing Crosby. Oh, cool. All right. I'm not exactly a Bing Crosby fan, but uh, Frank Sinatra? Dean Martin. They, they, that kind of ilk. All right. Well, in this day and age of music, Big Dog, uh, I think we could all safely say uh, we, we could use a couple of throwbacks. Are you kidding me? I, Dean Martin is one of my favorite singers of all freaking time. Seriously, I, I try to stop. 
sing when I'm alone, uh, like Dean Martin style, like modern songs. King Jeremy the Wicked, like that. You know what I'm saying? Just you got to have one of those little, uh, you know, small scotch and soda glasses in your right hand in order to properly sing that song, Dean Martin style. I always do, Coach. And I just call it a bourbon glass, by the way. That's yeah. all. And then I always dip my fingers in it, and I rub it on the back of my neck like it's a, a cologne. And then I always say, hey, how'd y'all end up in my room? I say it every time, Coach. <laughs> how'd that work for you? Oh, uh, works out pretty good. Uh, I do. I do a decent Dean Martin imitation. Uh-huh. All right, very good. So, very good. Excellent. We're glad to have you on the program today, Big Dog. Another uh, Thursday edition. We got a lot of baseball to talk about. The the hot stove league and uh, the general manager meetings in Dallas heating up a little bit. Lots of trades and signings to talk about. Football Friday coming up tomorrow. We'll preview it a little bit. I don't know if you were on the line when I mentioned that. Uh, you know, I went down the list, looked at the NFL games, and a assumed that there was no collegiate football this weekend, but in fact, there is the one game. game, and I know it's one of your favorite, I won't even say football game, one of your favorite sporting events of the entire year. Uh, without question, it's the, the, one of the greatest sporting events in the history of the United States of America, and all Americans, if you love football, if you love sports, needs to watch the Army-Navy game coming up this Saturday. They have finally done it the right thing. The last They started last year. They are no longer playing it on the day of the conference championship games and let it get mixed in the wash of all the great football around the NCAA. It's his own day, and they're going to keep it this way from now on, supposedly, Coach, mm-hmm. where it's the last Saturday of, the, of college football with no other game going on. So if you want to watch football, you got to watch yourself some Army-Navy game, and then after that it's nothing but uh, Division Two and Division Three uh, playoff games all weekend, Coach. Phenomenal. I can't wait for Friday and Saturday night. There's so many good games. Uh, coming up this weekend, so should I don't know. For, if you, go ahead, Chris. Should make for great ratings, I would think, uh, for the Army Navy game, the only D one game of the day with its great tradition. So the positive side, big dog, by doing that, there might be a lot of uh, college football fans that will discover the beauty of this game that might otherwise not have watched it. So that's a good, uh, that's a win win situation. It's a total win win situation, and everybody that is uh, an American should tape at least the first ten minutes of the game on your DVR. Because what they do, now you can say, well, I don't want to watch this game because none of these guys are playing pro football, blah, blah, blah. Well, I know this. The game lasts about two hours and 45 minutes because the ball never hits the ground and there's no penalties. And these guys actually play discipline style football. It's one of the easiest games you'll ever watch. The first quarter's over before you even blink an eye. You're like, wow, how did that just happen? Because there's no penalties. There's, there's zero penalties ever in this game, Coach. Well, but the reason why you need to watch the first 10 minutes is the fact that they go over all the players. You know why these players aren't playing in pro football, Coach? Because they go fight in wars when they're done with this game. And I will guarantee you that somebody that has played in this football game over the last couple seasons, even last year, has died in either Afghanistan or Iraq or somewhere else abroad for the United States. So when you watch these guys playing football, this isn't the last time they're just playing a football game, every single one of them. It might be the last time they're like here in the United States as a free man without having to worry about getting shot at or stepping on an explosive or something like that. Wow. The greatest football game of the season. Any football fan and all Americans should watch it. Definitely have to check that out. I've watched you know bits and pieces. I can honestly say, and you talked about it in a tremendous, dramatic fashion in previous years. I don't think that I've ever watched it start to oh, finish. you got to watch the beginning of it, Coach. Okay. You have to. Uh, uh, like about five years ago, when them, I can't, I'm sitting there, I'm all fired up. I can't wait to watch Army Navy game. Watch some triple option. And all of a sudden they go over, oh, this is a fullback. 
he played for Army last year. He just died in Afghanistan. And they go over, like, uh, his, like what do you call it? His uh, Humvee drove over a, a mine and it killed. Mm-hmm. It was just, just like the year before, the guy ran for 120 yards, and next year he's in 100 wow. pieces. You know what I mean? Puts so, things in perspective. Uh-huh. Indeed. It does. It totally does. Indeed. By the way, Navy seven-point favorite in that game. I think they're the home team, the midshipmen, but uh, pretty even matchup. But uh, and, and will you be picking that game and – Beat the Schmoes, or do you have too much emotion riding on it to make it a... That, that'll be a, a 10-year in a row I will be making the pick, and I'll make exactly the same pick I make every single year, and I don't think I have ever won this game, Coach, just to let you know. I don't think I've ever won it. I always lose this game. I may have won it one time ever since we've been since we've been doing it, but yeah. It's, Interesting. It's, so uh, if I want to break my losing streak, I should probably have you go first and then pick the opposite. Yeah, you should pick... You should pick Navy minus a seven is what you should do. I always pick the underdog in this game every single year, and mm-hmm. it used to work out, and it doesn't do that anymore. It just doesn't. It doesn't happen like that anymore. It seems like the favorite always wins. Yeah, you're, you're letting emotion get in the way of your uh, logical thought processes, and, and that can happen. But when you're predicting football games, fortunately, no money riding on it. But when you're making predictions, you have to be strictly professional and objective, which you have a difficult time doing when it comes to the emotion that is Army and Navy. So we'll let yeah, you off the hook. That is true. And just like you, I don't, they used to have it all the time in Philadelphia in between the two cities. Because basically, you're talking about West Point, New York, and Annapolis, Maryland. But I think lately they've been having it in Baltimore, uh, Maryland, where the Ravens play. Like, I think it just switched there like wow. three years ago. Interesting. So Neutral It's set. definitely closer to Navy. It's definitely much closer to Navy. New- but it doesn't matter. The whole place is filled equally half with, uh, cadets and midshipmen. So. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 I, I can't wait, Coach. It's really one of my favorite games of the year. See, now, the, the fans are crazy because they're all cadets and they have all the chants and stuff, so it's like watching a English premier soccer game when you hear all the songs that they're singing and the crowd is so cool. <laughs> yeah. So cool. All right. Well, well, we'll preview that a little bit tomorrow on our Football Friday. Of course, play Beat the Schmoes. I've got a break out of a major. It was a minor slump after last week's 0-3. It now has become a major slump. I did not fire my staff i decided to remain unemotional this time i'm sticking with the crew and see if we can sludge our way out of it uh, big dog and of course david olson our producer continue on their hot streaks and uh, we'll play that game tomorrow no question about it nfl football big dog we'll get to baseball signings here don't worry about it fans you want to uh, chime in our phone lines will be open throughout the show big dog and the coach user-friendly sports talk radio 888-463-67 48. Again, triple eight, four, six, three, six, seven, four, eight. Big dog. Four games left in the NFL season. We'll preview it a lot tomorrow, but, um, I think we can officially say we've, we've turned the final bend and we're heading into the stretch run and some of the wild card and playoff races start to get interesting about this time of year. Yeah, they, they definitely are. And I, I do remember we were, we were talking about the Eagles a long time ago. And technically the Eagles aren't eliminated, which are, is hilarious. By this point, I thought they might have been. But you know, I was telling you, they're going to need to win at least 10 games or maybe even 11 because of their tiebreakers in order to get to the playoffs because of how good Detroit and the, and the Bears looked at the time. 9-7 and seven is going to get somebody into the NFC playoffs, both playoff teams. And I'm just shocked that five weeks ago if that, you would have told me that was going to happen. I can't imagine any of the wildcard teams winning like four out of four in order you know, to be And both wildcard teams are going to be 9-7. and seven. Going into the playoffs. I recall myself taking more than a little bit of flack from you and a couple of listeners. I think Pigskin Boy might have been out at the time when I made that statement that, uh, you know, the Bears probably going to finish nine and seven, I said, and they could still make the playoffs. Well, I got shot down on that one, but, uh, 
things have changed a little bit. The parody in the NFL, and it's been fairly unpredictable season for really big dog, just about everybody except Indianapolis and Green Bay. Those are the only two constants. Yeah, this is true. And and but coach, you have to admit though that if it wasn't for Color and Forte going down, Bears probably would have won the last two weeks, and they probably would have won the eleven games that I said they were going to win. Mm-hmm, that's true. So you know, but that's it's injuries in the NFL. But usually you can say, oh, you're going to get some injuries. Oh, we'll deal with. When you say your quarterback and your best player on an offense that has no receivers whatsoever and zero experience at quarterback, you're pretty much now you uh, and does the, the Basically, the Bears are going to need him. Devin has to return in order to win. That's not going to happen. So mm-hmm. I, I'm really worried, Coach. This is I shouldn't say I shouldn't be too worried. What the heck? Like they really care about hey, going out of my life. You, know you, I mean? you know, you look down the list, Big Dog, in the uh, in the Bears division and the NF of the C. There's not all that many contenders, really. I mean, you look at. You know, San Francisco's got the West wrapped up, and then forget about it. Nobody else is a contender. New Orleans has pretty much got the South wrapped up, and you've got Atlanta to worry about, just one team. In the uh-huh. NFC East, you've got the Giants and Dallas battling for mediocrity. The loser of that battle, you know, might be, maybe a wild card contender. But, and then but you've most got... likely, if, if, the, if the Giants lose at Dallas this week, it's going to be almost impossible for the Giants to get back into the NFC East race. If they win, then they're totally in and totally control their destiny. Now the Bears are battling the Cowboys for that last spot. So if you're a Bears fan, you're rooting for the Cowboys against the Giants. On okay. Sunday. All right, I'll buy that math. But my point is, and again, in the Bears division, all you've got is Detroit. If you're a Chicago Bear fan, or I suppose if you're a fan of any of those teams, you could turn it around and say the same thing. Yes, it is the stretch run. Yes, there's a lot of pressure, but quite frankly, there's not that much competition for the wild card spot. No, there isn't. And coach, that's why it's so like as a Bears fan, if you really know what's going on in the NFL, it's really like a stab to the heart to lose Cutler and Forte this year. Because how many more years? Yep. The, the Bears are just going to be basically fighting to get into wild card contention with while Aaron Rodgers is healthy in the division for forever, as long as he's healthy in the division. The Bears are going to basically have to be a wild card team. Well, this is a team that would have easily made the wild card. And quite honestly, the Bears as a wild card in Green Bay as an undefeated Green Bay in a playoff game. Oh my goodness, I'd love the Bears' chances. I would love the Bears' chances. I, I, I honestly think they'd win. But look, they, they, even if they make the playoffs and sneak in somehow, they never even get to Green Bay. So. Mm-hmm. Again, full football preview tomorrow. We'll get to some of the baseball signings in just a second, but somehow the, uh, beaten track that we tend to follow on this two guys in a mic show or actually we don't follow the beaten track we follow the track we make our own trails big dog we don't we don't follow the footsteps there's a famous saying about that which i can't recollect right now but again we're not following the beaten track somehow we talk football first here and uh you know just some notes from last week's game as we head into our preview for a football Friday, uh, of course, the Bears are playing Denver, and the Denver story, I think, continues to be one of the biggest ones of the year. They won six out of seven, and Timmy Tebow and company. Uh, you know, one team we have not mentioned that I think has become somewhat of a story, that's the Miami Dolphins, who were, along with Indianapolis, laughingstock, coach going to be fired. And Big Dog, if it wasn't for the last five seconds on Thanksgiving Day, yeah, exactly. The Miami Dolphins would have won five games in a row. They blew out Oakland last week. What the hell happened? One of the better turnarounds we've seen in one season in a while. Your analysis in eight seconds or less. Uh, <laughs> without question, one of the best uh, turnarounds I've ever seen. And you're right. If they if they're five and seven, 
if they somehow don't lose a Dallas game, which they, they could have easily won that game, they're still in playoff contention. And you were talking about a team that was 0-7. So that doesn't happen very often. And, you know, it was pretty cool. It was Coach Dicka. I talked about this a couple of Coach Dicka called it. He was like, you know what? The Dolphins are about to turn around when they were 1-0, and mm-hmm. when they were 1-7. and And they've won three out of four since then. So it's pretty cool. But I like seeing teams realizing that they're getting paid millions of dollars and you get to play football. And even if you're 0-7, you yep. can still have fun. Yep. And go out there and be a professional and play as hard as you possibly can. Didn't pack it in. If you're 0-15, you got to do that. Didn't pack it in. I like that. The coach kept the ball club together. The very emotional Tony Spartano still might be fired, but at least he kept the team together. That's one of the good stories out there. Tennessee, uh, quietly, they've moved up to 7-5. and Chris Johnson, who was uh, signed the big contract, big dud for five or six weeks. Suddenly, big dog, three consecutive huge games. Chris Johnson's found the magic. The Tennessee Titans quietly climbing the uh, the ladder that is the uh, American Football Conference. And it, it should remind people that when quarterbacks like Matt Hasselbeck are available, you need to go out and get them. Isn't it amazing how Tennessee is so much? They lost so much talent, Coach. Uh, Stephen Tullock, all these guys all over the place that they lost. Uh, and look at them. Obviously, Chris Johnson was not good, healthy. He wasn't healthy. They're the lowest rushing team in all of uh, football. Matt Hasselbeck has come in there and played uh, the quarterback at a professional level. You know that QBR, ESPN's new quarterback rating that supposedly really sh- shows how they play because it isn't a deal. Well, anyways, he's like a fourth-ranked QBR in all of uh, football right now. Yeah, they so, lost what I thought in the offseason was their most valuable commodity the last 10 to 12 years, and that was their head coach, Jeff Fisher. Yeah, they got rid of him. I expected a downslide. I really respect Jeff Fisher, but who is it, Mike uh, Munchies, who's taken over? Mike Munchak, one of the great offensive linemen in NFL history. He's done a yep. good job, Coach. Yep. Keeping them above really water. Stop. Another story, New England, uh, you know, they won last week, and I don't think we've mentioned this guy more than a couple of times over the uh, 12 weeks that has been NFL football. Rob Gronkowski, one of the great football names, along with Green Bay Packer fullback Jim Grabowski. But uh, Rob Gronkowski, correct me if I'm wrong, Big Dog, set a record. Last weekend for a touchdowns by an NFL tight end. That's pretty significant. He caught two. He ran for one. 14 uh-huh. touchdowns on the season. Uh, a guy we haven't mentioned, but he's become quite a story, Mr. Gronkowski. Yeah, yeah. most total touchdowns, 14 in the season. He's tied for most receptions. So he'll get one more and break that record totally. Uh, you're talking about a guy that has an outside chance of just a slight one uh, at 20 touchdowns playing tight end. <laughs> I mean... That's ridiculous, Coach. He can get six in the next four games. I mean, it's not that unfathomable. So the guy's a, like just a beast of a man. Got two brothers, both in the NFL. Okay, and when he was in Arizona, he was, was an All-American tight end, hurt his back, didn't play his senior year, so the New England Patriots got a first-round draft pick in the fifth round. The same year they drafted Aaron Hernandez. I remember they drafted him. I was like, why are you drafting a second tight end? And the guy was like, oh, yeah, the guy got hurt. He was decent at Arizona. I didn't even forgot about the guy. I didn't even think of him. Now, now he is, without question, one of the best offensive weapons in the game of football. He can drop back and protect Tom Brady in blitz situations. And then he can fake like he's blocking and just run out about five yards and he tosses them a perfect pass, you know, and he makes sure he rumbles for 20 yards and knocking down your old secondary. The guy's awesome, coach. I think if he needs to hire a publicist, the big dog Joe Radwanski might be in the running for that there. He had one controversy earlier this year 
David, oh, maybe you could hot. look it up, but I know there was something with Rob Ooh. Gronkowski and a, an adult film star posing at a party, and it got out on the text and stuff. Much ado about nothing, but I, there was... I, 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 it was like his brother was dating a porn star or something, and she was photographed in his jersey or yeah, something. something. I'll look like it up. And he it had up. shirt off, got a little controversy for that. But, Big Dog, I know you as somewhat of a celebrity in town. You've been caught on more than a couple of occasions, uh, not with your pants down, but with your shirt off and an adult film star. It can happen to just about anybody, right? The, the last time I was out with a, an adult film star, I wasn't out with her like on a date, but like it was a group right. of us. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, it was my buddy Steve Holland. He runs uh, FreeGreenCan.com. The guy who also owned Holland House Mortgage. Not, I'm telling you, this guy. Not to be one, confused, by the way, with Stevens Howling, who kicked the winning field goal for Arizona to beat Dallas. No, he actually ran 52 yards of the screen. Oh, I'm pass. sorry. Yes. Yeah. Not the he same person, though. No, no, but no, not the same person. Just check. Well, for a gift for his girlfriend, he bought her Jenna Jameson, coach. He bought who? Jenna Jameson. Do you know who that is? Oh. Adult film star? Yes. I, I, I had heard of her. It's a very, very lovely girl, and you can tell that the cocaine had made her even a nicer person. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, uh, and he he actually bought adults, and we went to the with the Admiral, whatever the heck they call that place. She yep. was there. It cost him like $25,000. He brought like twenty of his friends from like eighth grade with us, with him. So like, there's guys I haven't seen since eighth grade, and I'm next, you know, I'm sitting next to Charmaine Star. I'm like, are you kidding me? One of the greatest. Oh, I, can, I can't even explain how much fun that night was. That's that's one of the better Ridiculous. junior high reunions that I've heard. That's you know, you're looking for a creative way to have a reunion. I guarantee it's a way of getting more people to show up. Uh, <laughs> 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 so, yeah. Uh, the Stoven Valley Junior High Class of 1974 would like to have their 45th anniversary celebration. It'll be held at the Bijou Theater with adult film star Gina Jamison. Come join us as we remember back to our junior high days. You'll get, you get those invitations back in the mail, RSVPs, like in a, probably before it's even mailed out. It was uh, it was Jefferson Junior High in Woodridge, Illinois, class of '86. Coach, just to let let's get this official. By the way, it's our 25th year anniversary this year, and that would have been our 20th because that was five years ago. That was '06 when we did that. So. <laughs> All right, that's outstanding. Yes, David. Uh, her name is BB Jones. Oh, this is the Gronkowski yes. picture. Okay, and their relationship is not defined, but early on in the season. There's a photograph with him standing naked and her blocking his privates wearing his jersey. Oh, I didn't see that one. Okay. Yeah, that that was the thing. I knew he had was wearing his jersey and he was at least shirtless. So, yeah. And she sent that Twitter thing. She sent it out on her Twitter feed to get him more followers. And she it, she has some sort of relationship with his agent. And she's been involved with all of the agent's other clients, including <laughs> Dan Ugla and 10 other athletes. Ah. So uh, No wonder why Ugla was – he hit like 130 the first half of the season. <laughs> and I'm not really, 130. Oh. So she's using – I mean, she's basically just a, just like a paid hype machine. Okay. What's her name, B.B. Jones? B.B. Jones. Right, well, well she's, your... yeah, she'll – B.B. Jones, she'll shoot you up the charts. You're going to – Go out and possibly have uh, a brief relationship with a BB Jones. You better bring a very Wrap good offensive line with you because you're going to need protection. Thank you very much. Yeah, that's 
Yeah, have, have fun with that one. That's a, sounds like a real classy lady. Yeah. So. All right. Uh, another little NFL news and notes. And again, we'll uh, get into it full tomorrow. Beat the Schmoes NFL Football Friday coming at you. Very exciting. Uh, we should mention uh, Cam Newton. Speaking of records, Gronkowski set the record for tight ends. Rookie quarterback Cam Newton. Correct me if I'm wrong, Big Dog. But he set a rushing record for yeah. uh, quarterbacks at what, 13? Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure that sounds where he's at. He might be at 14 because Steve Grogan's record was 12. But he broke Steve Grogan's record. He's definitely passed that. He scored three rushing touchdowns this weekend. So, Which, by I the way, I found odd. I don't recall Steve Grogan. I was shocked to see his name. Help me out here. Maybe it was the hallucinogens, you know, back in the late 60s. Not many, but uh-huh. a little bit. Um, I recall Steve Grogan as pretty much a flat-footed, drop-back, very accurate passer, but not a runner at all. Well, you remember when he was, he wore the neck roll, Coach. The who? The neck roll. No, I don't recall that. You don't recall Steve Grogan wearing a neck roll? Not really. He's the only quarterback who ever wore a neck roll, Coach. Regularly or after an injury? Well, it was after an injury early in his career because he used to run so much. And believe it or not, the 1976 New England Patriots, check this out, this is one of the greatest stats ever. I don't know if they're still the all-time leading rushing team per game, but they were, and they didn't even have a thousand... uh, a thousand-yard rusher, and Steve Grogan was one of those rushers, and he scored okay. twelve touchdowns that year. So they had like five guys rush for like seven hundred yards on the team. It was something crazy okay. like that. All right, well, so so, uh, so my recollection was incorrect. He was a running quarterback, and he, yeah, he definitely was. He but was the quarterback. His career. He started against the Bears in the eighty-five uh, Super Bowl, right? So he uh, he uh, finished the game because Tony Eason started, ah, and then when that's right. and then when they had it actually changed his diaper at halftime, they just and I'm an Illinois fan. I love Tony Eason. <laughs> Okay, but that was, yeah. you took a beating unlike anybody's ever took a beating that day. Mm-hmm. Rogan finished up. He mopped up. Right, a couple little football news and notes for you. By the way, one other football thing. Apparently some people had seen this video earlier on ESPN, so I might be a little bit late bringing this up, but uh, it really got my ire up. And you know you don't want to get my ire up, Big Doug. I'm a big fan of ire, and when it gets up, it's not very often the ire gets up these days, but boy, did it get up. And I'm talking about, I don't know if you've seen this player in a high school kid. I don't even know what state it is. It's Massachusetts. Thank you very much, Massachusetts. And he waves his left hand up for one stride. High school kid running for a touchdown to win a state championship at about the eight-yard line. He raises his hands up like Big Dog said for a stride or two. Not taunting, just raised it up in the air. Not even with the football in his hand. Referee called a penalty. They called it back, and it cost him team the state championship. Big Dog, not only am I mad at the official, I am incredibly upset with at least a few of the uh, talking heads that supported that decision in some way. I don't understand that mentality. To me, one of the worst calls I've ever seen. I, I, I couldn't even tell if it was a celebration. It was. It's kind of strange. The guy's arm like went up in the air. I mean, it was so subtle. It was so subtle. It's amazing. I I understand like the kid turns around and goes in backwards. Okay, puts the the ball is still tucked under his arm and the free arm. Comes up in the air like like that was disgusting. Coach. What what was, goes on in the mind of an official in that situation? That's just a referee who is so intent on showing people his knowledge of the rules that he ruins a tremendous sporting event for everybody else. But again, I'm mad at the ref, big dog. But what really kills me is everyday people I talk to. There's a couple in particular whose names I won't mention, and some of the experts I've seen on TV, not the majority, but some 
who, after thinking about it, and in a, a calm and reserved situation, the referees are more of a pressure situation, sit back and can somehow justify the referee making the call because, well, it's a rule and he followed the rule. Those people bother me even more than the referee you threw the flag. Coach, people are entitled to their opinion. I can understand it. I just wouldn't have called it as an official. I'm not, I'm not upset at the guy later saying, you know, you wouldn't call it all. Like, you're wrong. I, I honestly felt, though, that the kid, have you ever done something, like, really dramatic and you're just so excited, like a rush of energy comes through in your body, almost, like, reacts with a spasm? That almost seemed like that's what happened with the kid. Like, he made a great cut. He broke it. He went in, like, to the open field. and was just like, yes. You know, that's what it looked like. And the, and the kid get penalized for it. It was just too bad. I wouldn't. I'd go so far as to this. If I were officiating and the, the kid did, you know, turn backwards and point the football at somebody and wave it back and forth, in that situation, I still would not make the call. Oh, whatever. Oh, then you're then you're absolutely wrong. There's something totally different. Well, from like a... Uh, like a spasm reaction out of a kid who's still running as hard as he possibly can towards the end zone, mm-hmm. and another kid turning and high stepping and flaunting and, and taunting a kid as he goes into and the end as zone. As so much no. as and I if would, if you allow taunting, I don't allow bullying or taunting. Well, no, no. Keep it in mind. I, I said in that situation, and the only reason I wouldn't call it if it's the final play of the game and his team is about to win a state championship because of one guy's idiotic behavior. Now, again, he didn't do this, but. If he would have, I'm justifying one guy's idiotic behavior. I would not cost the rest of his team a game. They rightfully blocked the play. They made the pass. They scored the touchdown to win it. I would not call the penalty in that situation. I absolutely would. I, you're supposed to play with class. And if well, some there, kid is sitting no. there taunt somebody, no, yes, your team doesn't have class. You don't get to win the state championship. No, well, no, whoa, 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 not your team. That's the whole. You just hit the whole yeah. justification no, no, of my call. I knew. No, I knew that one was what we were going to go back to. So I was like, I don't care. You're, you should go with teammates that don't accept people playing like that. That's what, if somebody played like that on my team, they would be grabbed by the throat. I'm not kidding, I, coach. I completely yeah. agree. And I'll grab him by the throat after the game. And if I'm the head coach, I will lambast him at the proper time. But if it's the final play, state championship on the line, I am not going to sacrifice the work and the victory that is truly deserved by 55 players because of the idiocy of one guy. And that's well, what luckily, puts me, as a sports talk person and as an official, above some of the normal people out there. Thank you very much. Well, luckily there will be five other officials out there who would throw the flag, and so we wouldn't have to worry about one idiot official who just doesn't call somebody <laughs> for acting like an idiot. I have perspective, Big Dog. Yes, well, I, I, I have, have it too. I have perspective. you got, you, you got to know when to call things and when not to. I, I understand, Coach, but if you're going to act like if you taunt people, you never taunt anybody, ever. No one's never. arguing not, that. Not in a high school football game, I, you don't. No okay? one is arguing that. The point is, in the final play for a state championship, you no, don't call no, it. No, that's, that's, you don't change the rules because the game is that's, yeah. that's You don't change the rules. Oh, yeah, you, you know do. What? You know what? I guess it's okay for corruption with the president, but no. not with our governors. No. Apples and oranges. Apples and oranges. You don't change the rules as long as no advantage is gained. Now, if it's the final play of a state championship and a defensive back is ready to make the tackle on the wide receiver and a lineman clearly holds him and prevents him from making that game-winning tackle, the guy crosses the line. Now my philosophy changes. No, I'm calling that penalty because it affected the play. Here is an unsportsmanlike situation. No effect on the play. The 55 guys on the team rightfully have earned a state championship. I will not. I will not take that state championship away from them because of the idiocy of one guy who, despite what he did, had no effect 
on the play. Okay, so there's no line that can't be crossed. Like the kid can't like whip it out as he's as he's going down the end. You know what? On the final finger at everybody in the crowd as he's running into the end zone. Final play for a state championship. I would say the finger or the whip it out. I would let go if he did both. I might. I might. (laughs) I might. Reach for the flag, but either one separately, I, I would let go. Let me ask you this. Would your philosophy change? If, let's say the kid was running for a touchdown and one of the offensive linemen away from the play started trash talking to the defensive guy, giving the FUs and all over the place and just, you know, hey, oh, we yeah. beat you guys. No, 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 would no, you, no, would no. you throw the flag then? I throw, I throw the flag. Heck yeah. If you're a high school kid talking like that to another high school kid on the football field. But Joel, you've got yeah, 55 absolutely. other guys. And I would go over to their coach. And I would say, you better get your team acting like a, a, the, a high football It's team. too late. It was the final play of a state championship game. How can you let one idiot cost the other 55 guys the state championship? That's the wrong mentality. Oh, Don't you understand? Like after the game and all that stuff? Okay, I thought you were talking about like in the middle of the no, play. No, during okay. the play. During the play. Oh yeah, during the play, yeah, yes. you, you call it. You call it. You gotta call it. No, you don't. You have, it depends no, on you what don't. the kid does. If you have one kid say like one thing, I can deal with it. If you have like, it, it all depends on where the taunting goes. Like standing over somebody, you know, stuff yeah, like let's, that. Let's, no, uh, let's let that say it I'm happens to be pretty blatant. Oh, I wouldn't call that. A, what happened with six minutes and eighteen seconds to go when the team would have went up eighteen sixteen in the state championship game? Whatever, there was six minutes to go more in the game. They still had a chance to win the game. Okay. And I still would have, I wouldn't have called that a penalty. Okay. But I'm just telling you, coach, there are definitely lines that could be crossed and I could care less what, what I could care less about the circumstances. If somebody did something that is not right, well, oh, it's okay because it's a state championship game. No, I hate to tell you, sometimes you got to teach a kid a lesson. He's sitting there like, Pointing a football in a kid's face as he's going in to score, I, and he's like high stepping. No, you don't do that in high school football. Compl- again, I agree with everything you're saying. You do have to teach the kids the lessons, and there's lines you can't cross. I'm just saying, when it comes down to the final couple plays, and it's a, a game of that, even a regular season game, if it's at the very end of a game and a team is won in dramatic fashion, you don't let the terrible behavior of one player, even a couple players, you don't let it take away from the other 54 guys. You have to know when to make that call and when not. You could address it with the coach. You know what? Let's move on. My ire has been up for too long. I don't know if I can keep my ire up anymore. Okay, well, let's get it down. If you want to get your ire up, as a Cubs fan, I don't know if this is good or bad because at least we got to see Albert Pujols nine times a season walk into the field. Let's talk a little hot it's only going to happen three games every third year now, or maybe no, three games every six years because he's playing with the Anaheim Angels. I cannot believe this. It's not official. But very prominent sources have uh, said that Albert Poole <laughs> signed a 10-year, 200, a quarter billion dollar contract. Let's just say that. Okay. So uh, I'm not I'm not shocked. Last year on the last week on Facebook, I wrote that the fact that the best fit for Albert Poole is going to Anaheim. Mm-hmm. They had the most money. And if you think about it, it's, they're awfully good now. They didn't have a first baseman last year. Like with the, the, kid, the Mark Trumbull kid that they had could not field. He's a DH, and he's probably going to be moved to DH now. I mean, their lineup is actually pretty good. They've got good pitching. The Angels are definitely a contender in the American League next season. Big dog with a beautiful transfer into our next topic, a little uh, hot stove talk from uh, 
Dallas and the world of baseball players being traded, all kinds of rumor mill was in like heavy, heavy, uh, uh, high powered mode, 9.5, 10 speed going strong here down in Dallas. David Olson, I don't know, do we have any, uh, two guys at a mic? Talkzone.com representatives down in Dallas wandering around the hotels late at night, possibly trying to, uh, get some inside info for us. We do not, coach. We do not. You remember, big dog, I requested that. Yes, you did, Coach. I just, no. I just didn't. You know, yeah. I'm surprised. Well, you know what? Next year, dog. To heck with the interns. To heck with people. We're going to take things in our own hand. You and me are going down there next year. I'm more than willing to go, Coach. Hopefully, hopefully next year the the winter meetings will be in Honolulu. <laughs> I was just going to ask: Are they in Dallas every year? Does it move they, to a they, different they, spot? They stay in the same cities for like <laughs> long times, and then for some reason okay. they'll move. Because remember, they had they used to have. Uh, they used to have like some GM meetings in the regular season that were in Chicago every single year. And yeah, for no. years, they were in Rosemont. Yeah. They'd all land at O'Hare. They'd all go to Rosemont for like a day, and then they'd all go back to their. Yeah, no, uh, those are no get... fun. I want to. I want to go to the winter GM meetings. Uh, with, with our luck, Big Dog, we'll probably finally get hooked up to go there, and they'll they'll you know sign a five year contract to hold them like in Bismarck, North Dakota. <laughs> but at you know, any rate. The uh, big news. Now, you mentioned it is not official yet. David Olson checking the wires. I thought it was pretty well confirmed, but uh, Albert no, Pujols. Confirmed, but not official. You know what I mean? The con- okay. He hasn't signed the contract, but okay. they've agreed to it is what's going on right now. And it's that's what, 10 that's years, $250 million, no trade contract. How crazy are the Angels? Or is there some legitimacy in this deal? Baseball expert Joel well, Radwanski. He is the cornerstone now of an unbelievable lineup because if you consider, they don't have a lot of power, but they've got a bunch of guys that hit 295 and steal 30 bases all over that lineup. Okay, so now you have a legitimate power guy in the middle of your order. This this makes the Angels extremely viable. If you think about it, Howie Kendrick, Eric Ibar. Well, Eric Ibar will lead off, and then uh, then Kendrick, and then so that's the best one-two in terms of getting on base and moving people around in the American League. And now, now you have the best hitter in baseball back behind that. And then you're going to have guys like Mark Trumbo and Vernon Wells and Albert Colaspo and uh, Torrey Hunter. That's a pretty good lineup, Coach. They that still have – is Kendry Morales still part of the Anaheim Angel contingent? Uh, oh, my goodness, Coach. After he broke his leg after hitting that walk-off grand slam, it, it's not healed properly. And they're okay. hoping he'll be back. And if they get him back, it's a broken bone. That's why I'm surprised it's, he hasn't played yet, but – if he the the two years before he left, he hit 300 with 35 homers yep, and drove he, in over 100 runs. He was so on the cusp of becoming a back, superstar. If you get him back, you you can trade Trumbo or because mm-hmm. Morales or Trumbo cannot play any position besides first base. And obviously, at 25 million dollars a year, Albert Pujols is playing first base. So they would they would trade Morales for some type of pitching or something. Any of our baseball fans out there, you want to chime in with the baseball expert, the uh, vacationing Joel Radwanski, you can give us a call at 888-463-6748. Not only pools, but yesterday we didn't even get to mention a big dog. The White Sox, uh, well, didn't release, but Mark Burley, the veteran ace for the Chicago White Sox, signed with the Florida, don't call, or the Miami, don't call me Florida Marlins. He is reunited with Ozzie Guillen four years, 58 million, and I think Pretty much everybody here in the city of Chicago Cub and Sox fans, sorry to see a very, very classy, if not extremely effective pitcher, uh, head down south. 
Yeah, I'm sure the White Sox fans are a lot more upset about it than the than the Cubs fans are. You know, we we said he wants four years, fifty six million, and I was like, well, hopefully the Cubs can get him for like four years, like thirty eight million. I think it'd be a good deal. So Marlins overpaid for Burley. He's a really, really, really good pitcher, but that's ace money. You know what I mean? And and Mark Burley is the guy that's going to give you thirty three starts next year, and he's going to go fifteen and twelve. He's going to have a three point eight ERA. And every single day he's in a favorite bullpen. Is is that worth ace money? I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah, no, I don't think so either. But on the uh, flip side of it, as he heads out of the city of Chicago, he is kind of a throwback to the modern athlete. And uh, Big Dog, you and me have always had kind of a soft spot for guys that do things with a lot of class and they do it over a long period of time and they do it well, you know, consistently. And Mark Burley... Boy, in the sport of baseball, he encompasses that more than anybody. And just a, a pretty classy guy. By the way, a great fielder on yeah. top of it. But, uh, boy, what 11 seasons, and he was pretty much good for all 11. Yeah, a, a great fielder. He handles the, the bat phenomenally well. Yeah. Uh, this is, yeah, it's a, you know, he's, a, he's got a chance for 200 wins, Coach. You know, that's, if he can pitch for another, like, six years, he can probably get 200 wins, which is a, a, a heck of an accomplishment in today's baseball. Mm-hmm. All right, so you got him leaving, and also the White Sox uh, made a little bit of news, too. And again, 888-463-6748. You want to chime in on some baseball talk? We'd love to hear from you. But the White Sox, Kenny Williams declaring that uh, the beginning of their rebuilding mode, surprising a little bit that he admitted it's a rebuilding mode, and it was an odd start to the rebuilding. Sergio Santos, a fairly young, up-and-coming closer, traded, for Nelson Molina, a up-and-coming young pitcher who, by the way, is not part of the flying Molina catching brothers. Oh, that's too bad. That's what I was hoping. Because you know the guy would have a rocket for him. Coach, just because they make this doesn't mean that they're not rebuilding because Sergio Santos will be figured out. He's one of those guys that, like, for okay. he'll be like a, a shooting star type deal. Okay. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, the, the guy's the stuff is electric, but I just don't think he's going to have a long career. Okay. That's actually a really so good move. Back. Trade, anyway. trade him while he's still hot. And... That's a, I love that move. Okay. That, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. All right. I'm, I'm surprised. I thought you'd have an opposite opinion of it because we were a big Sergio Santos guy. <laughs> Great story. Mm-hmm. Kid only pitched for, what, about three years? Uh-huh. He was, he was uh, a position player, I believe, a catcher, another catcher that they moved. The best thing for him was that he couldn't hit. He couldn't hit at all. If he was a decent hitter, they might have kept him in the minor leagues for years. You know, so. All right. All right, so that's the early stuff coming out of the uh, winter GM meetings. Big Dog, even though you're not down there, you are a man who I know has a lot of inside sources, both in the sporting world and the adult film industry. Uh, do you have any, uh, what might be the next announcement coming from Dallas? And let's keep it to sports if we could. Oh, go. Uh, <laughs> the fact that uh, Jason Garrett has been fired as a Dallas Cowboys head coach, which should happen very soon. Oh my goodness, that guy's abysmal as a coach. But if you're talking oh. just Dallas, if you're talking about sports, uh, or you're talking baseball, yeah. oh baseball. So I was going to say Dirk Nowitzki was. I found out he was the first MVP to never play defense. What other uh, <laughs> stuff that has come out of the? Oh, by the way, Shane Shane Battier just didn't come out of Dallas, but it is a late breaking uh, sporting development. Shane Battier signed by the Miami Heat. Oh no! <laughs> no! <laughs> Shane Battier just signed with the Heat. Not Battier. Not good news for the Chicago Bulls fans. Apparently, Big Dog, one of those Bulls fans, and I'm gathering that you think Shane Batty is exactly the kind of guy that can uh, kind of patch together that Miami Heat ball club? 
He's perfect for the Heat because he doesn't care if he scores, and he's the best small forward defender in the NBA. This is a really good signing by the Heat. And a really uh, bad news for the Chicago Bulls. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that's not good. That's not good. Interesting. I, I, like, I, and if everybody's just quoting off a statistic, I can care less. The guy, when you watch Shane Battier play, he has the one statistic that he leads the NBA in is plus minus per minute. Believe it or not, nobody in the NBA is a better plus minus per minute. Well, I don't know about last season, but the year before, Shane Batty had the highest in the NBA. Oh. Like the differential on his team, like point <laughs> differential while he played. That's it's, uh, oh, whatever. I'm, I'm not happy about it. Yes, David. Well, once again, it's another it's another aging superstar. The guy's 33 years old, okay? Once again, you lose a cog in the wheel like they did last season, and they're, you know, what are they going to do? Wait, what do you mean they lose another cog? Who did Miami Heat lose? Well, didn't didn't uh, Bosch go down for an extended period of time last year? Yeah, but he's yeah, he healthy did. now. Yeah. They're all, all three of them are healthy, but they did lose to Jonas Haslam. But and I don't know about Mike Miller. I don't know who they've re-signed or not. But they uh, had a lot of they had a lot of excess weight that they could have got rid of. The common thought is that they signed Battier, they will not be able to sign Mike Miller. Well, I would rather much rather have Shane Battier than Mike Miller if I'm the Miami Heat because they, as much as they do need somebody to shoot the ball from the outside, they really if they really need to have defenders all over the court. So. Okay. Uh, I'm not happy about it as a Bulls fan. All right. Well, they'll, they'll get back to work when uh, tomorrow, right? First day of practice tomorrow. Yeah, that, yeah that sounds right. December 9th is the first day. That's yeah. outstanding. We'll see if we can get Tom Thibodeau on the air. I doubt it, but uh, we'll see if we can get him maybe between practice sessions. Big Dog, we can wrap with the Tom Thibodeau a little bit. He's been chomping at the bit to get the boys in the gym, I'm sure. He hasn't left. Like when they said lock out, he thought he he locked all the doors and he stayed in the Berto Center since. He hasn't left. The guy's he's probably wider than a sheet of paper. See, I was hoping maybe that this extended break, I thought one of the positives of the NBA strike is that maybe a Tommy Thibodeau would, uh, you know, get out of the town a little bit, get out of the office, possibly discover as a uh, fine young single and very wealthy man in the city of Chicago, some of the young females in the Chicago area I thought maybe. We can get the social life for Tom Thibodeau going, but you're here to tell me, Big Dog, he's been stuck inside the gym the entire time? Well, you know, he he packs for the whole entire season ahead of time because he doesn't have time to do that while they're playing. <laughs> so they, they came out with with uh, 11 different schedules because of possible chances that the, the, the lockout would be resolved. Yeah. So he had to redo his packing 11 different times, so that's one heck of a hassle. <laughs> Are you serious? I had not heard that about him, but he actually yeah, that, does that? Yeah, that's 80, 82 games, and like so, when you think you're going, you know, when you think you're going uh, at home game, and then Miami, Orlando, New Orleans back home, it's a lot different than the next week. You find out that the progression ends up being Philadelphia, New York, Boston. You know, I mean, you're just a totally different. But uh, I'm, I'm trying to yeah. picture the reality of this. This guy actually, like last year, he would look at the schedule, and in his house, he would lay out the different clothes for the particular trips. Yeah, because he has no, because he, he is still, he's a 40 year old virgin. Okay. He has never watched any television mm-hmm. unless it involves basketball. So he has no time to actually pack his clothes. And supposedly his house is totally disheveled because he's never had time to actually call a maid to clean it up. And obviously he's <laughs> going to do it himself. So uh, that's outstanding. I mean, the guy is nothing but basketball coach. It's just, yep. actually, I, I like it as our head coach. Yep. Yep. 
No question about it. All right, so there we got NBA uh, opening up tomorrow. We'll sneak in a little bit of talk about that. We should also mention Big Dog, part of our uh, pride and joy here on the Two Guys in a Mic show as we jump early and off and off the sports page. Got a little baseball connection because I can't remember a politician uh, in the state of Illinois or anywhere who was more of a sports fan and, and a knowledgeable one than ex-Governor exactly. Rob Blagojevich. I mean, you hear him talk about Cub baseball. It wasn't just a standard politician talk. This guy was, he knew the game. I remember him coming out with Mike and Mike in the morning on the ESPN show. You might have heard of them. Uh-huh. I think their rating's slightly higher than us. But uh, they were completely impressed with this guy, how much knowledge he had. So a true, true baseball fan and a Cub fan, unfortunately, the positives ended there. And Rob Blagojevich, our fine governor, got sentenced yesterday, big dog, by James Zagel, Fort. Years. I know you had uh, twelve in the office pool. You know, uh, I was I, I was hoping for something to highlight that. It's funny how I've heard. I'm like, I can't believe they gave him fourteen years. That's crazy. I heard other people. Why do they only give him fourteen years? I mean, the 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 broad spectrum of what I've heard. It, it, it's been really beautiful. All I know is this: is uh, as far as I'm concerned, when you commit crimes as an elected official trying to sell your office and basically take advantage of your power, should be hung for treason as a traitor to the United States of America. So if you think 14 years is bad, you're lucky I wasn't the judge. I would have given him maximum coach. Max, I wouldn't have cared. I would say, oh, thank you very much for acting contrite on the day that I'm about to give you your, uh, your sentence, but too bad you didn't do that three years ago, Rod, as you basically talked down to everybody that was in this courtroom. It was horrible the way he... Coach, that guy deserved what he got. 14 years, he deserved more. So you would have so. gone the full maximum 20. Again, uh, you know, and there was a recent case, and I can't even remember which. Oh, um, the Jerry Sandusky one. And I'm going to say the same thing now. And, you know, I'll bring it up to you, David Olson, producer extraordinaire. I, I just like to go into the mindset of what these guys are thinking, not so much at the time that they're wheeling and dealing, but in the quiet time, at home on their own, before sleep, waking up in the morning, having a cup of coffee, sitting in the office, and they're thinking, is Rob Blagojevich, is it it intentional greed, premeditated greed? Does he not realize what he's doing? Does he think about getting caught and weigh his possibility? Well, I'm probably not going to get caught. I'm going to take a chance. Does he... Is he so dumb and egotistical and so powerful that they think they're not going to get caught? Do they think what could happen to their family? I'm just curious. In the silent time, what goes through their mind? No, of course yeah, they don't. don't of course they don't think they can get caught. That's why they do it. Of Even, course not. They think they they think of the they think of the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, and they don't think about what'll happen if they fall off the rainbow. You know, Coach, Dave was right about that. I think the, the the sticker point is the people that are around these people that don't do something about it. This whole, the latest thing that came out with the Sandusky thing, yep. the, this, the the victim has basically said that he was screaming as loud as he possibly could in Sandusky's basement, and the, his wife was home, and the wife did nothing about it. Yeah, that's a whole whole different you're, you're, issue, I mean, but you're, you're absolutely right. The people around these so maybe it's Patty Blagojevich. She knows that he's, I mean, they, she's involved in some of this stuff. I don't know how she's not, like, she obviously knew what was going on, okay? So, but well, she, I, I, I personally feel, you know, behind the scenes, you know, she was the one pushing him. You got to do this, you got to do this. Because, I mean, don't, don't, don't forget, I mean, her father's Dick Mel. Yeah. Okay? Mm-hmm. 
you know, part of, part of the Chicago machine. And I, I kind of feel she was like pushing him. Well, you got to do this. You got to do this. You got to do this. I totally agree. Totally agree. And uh, she doesn't like her dad. And obviously the dad hates Rod Blagojevich. You know he's extremely happy about this right now. Didn't they mend fences a little bit? I know there was... People do that in public, Coach. Okay. Okay. So you're saying... <laughs> yes. You're I'm saying the thoughts never really weighed in his head. Boy, you know, doing uh, this in this day and age, I could be wiretapped. Somebody could speak out. I could get caught. Well, the, the, at the time when he it, says on the tapes, he knew he was being wiretapped, and he knew he was being watched by the feds. He didn't know they had it at his house, and that's when that's where they got him. But yeah, he knew that he knew he was under investigation, and he still went ahead and done did this stuff. So, I mean, is he thinking in his head as he's doing this thing, boy, if I get caught? I mean, I could I could be no. in prison for eight to no, ten years no, away no, from my no, kid. No, not at all. Now, you also got to remember the guy had a huge chip on his shoulder yep. because he felt that Barack Obama stole his thunder. He thought the success that Barack Obama had you know, with the presidency and rising from Illinois, that should have been him. And you could you get that from the tapes, too. Mm-hmm. I mean... So he he's already feeling you know left behind and everything like that. So he's trying to stick it to Obama while lining his pockets at the same time. Wow, fourteen years, big dog. Fourteen years. February fourteenth, I believe, is when he uh, enters the prison. That's a long term. They say he might get a couple of years off, but he'll probably be in there for twelve years. Another governor in the fine state of Illinois. No. Uh... Yeah, the whole Obama thing involved is just, it's kind of strange how, like, they wouldn't let testimony come out. That It was just a little strange. They were, they were <laughs> oh, who cares? I really could care less. So they, they got Blagojevich, got 14 years in prison. And, and the way I look at it is Dick Mel was probably like a lot of Illinois, uh, Illinoisans last night, were able to sleep a little bit easier. Honestly, it, just, it made me feel a little bit better that if somebody who was supposedly out for our best interest, which could care less for us, is now in prison for it, and hopefully the and re, hopefully we can get a couple more. They're doing exactly the same thing, do the same, and do the same with them, coach. All right, little sports guys talk politics here. The two guys at a mic show eight 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 four six three sixty seven forty eight. Dog and the coach at your service right up until eleven o'clock. Eleven o'clock rapidly approaching. Big dog, big day tomorrow. Talk a lot of football, especially the NFL and the NBA does open up its training camps. We'll sneak some talk in there. Who knows? We might have more baseball trades to talk about. And um, we haven't even mentioned, but actually a, a pretty entertaining in a game with a lot of storylines and of significant importance for the Bears this Sunday, uh, 315. Is it at Chicago or at Denver? It's at Denver, Coach. All right. Uh, you know, we'll preview that game, but that, that's pretty interesting matchup. Bears. At Denver, Denver red hot, the Bears needing the win. Yeah, asking people who would you rather have a quarterback, Tebow or, or Haney. Yeah, but if it's not Tebow playing Haney, it's the Bears playing the Broncos, and the Bears badly in need of a victory. The whole Denver story is great. I think it's a, not saying it's going to be the greatest NFL game in the history of the world, but I think it is a game with a lot of plot lines and uh, one of the ones in recent memory that I'm looking forward to, actually. And uh, the NFL uh, defensive rookie of the year, Vaughn Miller, probably is going to play with a cast on his hand. So he's got a broken thumb. Yeah, That guy is a stud coach. And he plays that kind of hybrid outside linebacker slash defensive end spot? That, that's exactly what he does. They put his hand on the ground a lot, though, and basically just tell him just chase the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Go chase the ball, Vaughn. He's, he's awfully good at it, coach. Yep. 
I remember my younger years, Big Dog, I uh, also played with my hand on the ground. Not quite as successful as Vaughn Miller, but I did. I was able to coach. I said I was very good at getting my hand on the ground. Getting out of the stance, not so good. And usually at the end of the play, I had both hands in the ground. But uh, that part of the game I had down, at least in the beginning. <laughs> if, that's that's uh, where me and, that. me and the Vaughn Miller similarities ended. By the way, can we throw some congrats out to the Illinois Fighting Illini football? Whitney Merciless, I think was named, what, defensive end National Defensive Lineman of the Year, something like that. Oh, he hold on a second. He won the Outland Trophy. Nope, 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 nope. Not the Outland. Let me see if I got it here. But he did, he did win something. Here we go. What do we got here? The uh, Lombardi, the Ted Hendricks Defensive Lineman Award. Awesome, Coach. Awesome. Cool. I, I don't know if he deserved it because early in the year he was really porous against the run. He really, he really was. But he did lead the nation in sacks and in tackles behind the line of scrimmage, and he was unbelievable at forcing fumbles. The guy was a playmaker all yep. year long. It was cool. By the end of the year, he was doing the little things like keeping leverage and all that stuff. He really got better as the season went on. He's a, he's a heck of a football player. Give you five choices on who won the Butkus Award, also the Lombardi Award for the top defensive player in the country. Five shots at it, big dog. Well, Tyron Matthew won top defensive player in the country. Nope. You're 0 for 1. Not according well, to this. Uh, not not the Lombardi trophy. Well, Lombardi isn't top defensive. It's uh, That's top line. And there's Outland and Lombardi are top linemen. Uh, I don't know about that. Whatever. Let's go Let's go top linebacker. Uh, Dante Hightower of Alabama. Nope. And that's, that's BS then. Who won it? Uh, it's not a top 25 team. It's a team that actually didn't do that well this year, I think. Either Northwestern or Illinois played him, them, I think, because I remember oh, seeing you're this. Talking about, you're talking about the kid from Arizona State, Von no. Bristol? No. Okay, because no. he didn't deserve it. Okay, well, no. then who is it? Yeah, he was major disappointment. Oh, Boston College. We're running out of time here. Sorry about yeah, that. I got, I got a note to throw you before we go. Luke Cuckley, Boston College. Yeah. Rich get richer. The uh, Angels also landed C.J. Wilson. They can have him. He's a bum. <laughs> Overpaid. All right, we'll talk about that in tomorrow's show. Football Friday tomorrow. Big dog, get some rest. Coakley's awesome. <laughs> have a great day. Two guys at a mic. Talkzone.com. Signing off. See you at 10 o'clock tomorrow.